Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church, and all of our friends that tune in from all over the world. Tune in, there's, there's a word for us. It's an old-fashioned word, isn't it, really? Connect. We're making connections today. Today, I want to, to, to look at s- small things. You know, so often in the world, everything's got to be big and bright and bold and, and, and loud. Everything that captures your, your attention. And if it's small, if it's, it seems insignificant, and let's not bother with it. Personalities uh, that, that we see on, on the screen, on, on television, on YouTube or wherever. You know, they're usually loud and proud. We have Gemma Collins from The Only Way is Essex. And she's loud and she's proud. She's a very hard-working woman. But she's loud and proud. And and, and then, you, uh, who's the other guy? Russell Brandt. <laughs> he's, ama- he's amazing with the English language and quick-witted, and, and, but loud and proud. You know, anything less. I've, I've seen people in the presence of these two you know, shrink visibly, like almost like being intimidated by them. Why? Because the big personalities, and I love big personalities. I am not having a go at these two amazing people. But most of us are not like that. And so often we can disqualify ourselves. Uh, or sometimes it's not just ourselves, it's what we're about, what we're doing. It could be our work, our workplace. Somebody says, what do you do for a living? And you, it's not... It's not sexy. It's like, you know, and, and we can shrink back in, instead of uh, understanding that, um, you know, what we do is important. It may look small to the big and the razzmatazz, but you know what? Uh, today I want to have a look at small but valued. You know, a phrase used in most bedrooms throughout the land. <laughs> Just checking to see if you're listening, that's all. <laughs> Alan, come and listen. Bit of blue, bit of blue for it, Nat. <laughs> that gets rid of a lot of religious spirits, by the way. You know, people with people just connecting with us and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't even think he's a Christian. And, and, and they're off. We just talk normally. That's all we do. And we want to reach normal, everyday people. Honestly, if a thought like that puts you off, you need to, you need to tap into reality in real life. But anyway, moving on. Straight to the scriptures. We love the Bible, not in a religious way or in a, a kind of spooky way, but we, we, we love the Bible because it's full of God's mind on things. And we want to know what he thinks. He's the creator. And this has been called the creator's manual. You know, if, if, if you want to suit your car up, if you want to make it super duper duper duper, you, you need to look at a few manuals just to make sure that it's compatible with your car and, 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 and you, you, you know, you make it greater and bigger or whatever. Or if something goes wrong with your car, then you go to the manual again and you find out what is it that's going wrong. And you know, we, we, we need to come back to, to God's word and let him speak into our lives and into our nation, into this world. And there's a great scripture, I've, I've mentioned it in the last few weeks, and it's from Zechariah in the Old Testament. And the prophet was on a, a rebuilding situation, a rebuilding of the temple. And, you know, 
you and I are going to have to recreate ourselves as we come out of lockdown. I think everybody's going to have to recreate. Life is not going to be the same. And we're going to have to make some small adjustments. And you can you can despise a small adjustment because it's small. It's like, no, I want to get on to the real thing. I want to get, I, want, I, I, I just want to get on with my life. And, and we've got to be people who value small. If we don't, we're going to miss some things. And, and Zechariah was speaking into that when the guys had come back. The guys. Israel had been judged by their God. And because God's not an hypocrite, when he warned nations that he was going to bring judgment to them, he always warned them. He never took them by surprise. He always warned them. In fact, Amos, the prophet, says God does nothing without, first of all, revealing it to his servants, the prophets, so they can go and tell people, get ready. Like Noah with the flood. God didn't bring the flood. He gave a hundred years, at least a hundred years warning that it was coming. So I'm just letting you know some things that God doesn't just turn up and crack on with it. Anyway, Judah, Israel was split into two parts. There were 10 tribes in the north called Israel and two tribes in the south called Jerusalem, called uh, Judah. And within Judah, there was Jerusalem. And God took both the north and the south into slavery because they'd gone against his word. And God's not an hypocrite. So he doesn't say, I'm going to get people who don't believe in me. I'm going to judge them. He says, no, even my own people, I'll judge if they cross lines because God wants to protect life. And, uh, you know, so often we go against these ways. But God took his people into what we call captivity. And then after 70 years, he brought them back. And he promised that he'd bring them back. And, you know, so often we quote the scripture from Jeremiah, the prophet, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the sovereign Lord. Plans to prosper you and bring you hope and plans not to do you harm. But, you know, God had to speak that to, to these people in Babylon, to his own people. And he said, You're, you are in judgment, but even in judgment, God brings mercy. He's so kind. And so he says, you know, seek the peace of the city, settle down there and I'll prosper you. But you won't be able to go and do the things that you used to do because you're in a strange land. So you remember the song by Bonnie M. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down and they were asked to sing. It comes from the Psalms in the Old Testament. And, and the, the Jews were asked to sing the songs of the Lord. And they said, how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a strange land? Because they were very much, you know, you can only do it in a certain place. Jerusalem, the holy city of God. Part of God's revelation to his people is that you're meant to sing God's songs anywhere in the world because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, the earth is the Lord's and all the people who dwell therein, the Bible says. So anyway, I'm not getting very far today. I'm trying to give you some context for this verse. And that is God brought his people back and they, were, they saw that the, the temple that was so magnificent under Solomon had been ravaged and, and all the gold had been taken, everything had been taken and it was a mess. And they started to rebuild the temple. And Zerubbabel comes and puts a foundation in and the prophet comes, Zechariah prophesies into Zerubbabel and he says, you know, who despises the day of small beginnings? No, men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And he was encouraging them, keep going. I know it doesn't look great, 
But you know something? The glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. You know, when God does something new in your life, we hold on to the old, but God wants us to see that the new is going to be bigger, better and greater. But it starts off with small beginnings. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. Even in this book of Zechariah in the Old Testament, he prophesies that the, the Saviour will come and he'll come to you riding on a donkey and he'll come in peace, meek and mild. And that's how Jesus came. And everyone's scratching their heads and thinking, I thought he was going to like take over the whole world. But that will be at his second coming. And at his first coming, people despised him. And they looked and they just thought, you're not a Messiah. Well, where's the army? We're going to overtake the, the Romans that are, 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 you know, they're ruling us. We want our freedom. Come on, Messiah. You need to be like David the king. He set Israel free from all their enemies. And he's like, come on, that's, that's the Messiah we're looking for. And Jesus came and he set the whole world free from the greatest enemy. And that is their own sin. And they weren't expecting that. He went to the cross rather than going to, to challenge the Roman armies. He went to the cross and he brought the power of sin, Satan and sickness so that we could have eternal life. And it starts now. And there's small beginnings. You know, when I first became a Christian, I thought I'm not changing much. Everybody else seemed to be really, really good. And I seemed to be the one that's, I felt like the leper in the camp. And But you know what? Small beginnings. Just learning one verse in the Bible, just learning, memorizing one verse. And, and I went on to memorize lots and lots of verses. But it started with one. Getting to understand the Bible. I went to Bible college for one year. Then they invited me to stay for a second year. Years later, I went back for another two years. But it starts with small beginnings, yeah? And so I just want to encourage you that uh, we've got to see that small is valued by God. Small says something about God, about his character. You know, the way that God sees things demonstrates what he, how he thinks. And he tells us not to despise the day of small things, but rather to esteem them. Almost like we've got going. The hardest thing to do is to make a start. If you're writing an essay, the hardest thing to do is to start writing. You'll do anything. You'll go and get another cup of tea or another coffee or, or whatever. But, but to get going. I've worked with, with builders and the hardest thing to do is to, when it's raining and it's, it's cold, the hardest thing to do it's just to get going on that morning and you know the day after you've got to do the same again. What builders tend to do is have a rant for about 10 minutes and then they get going. But it starts small and then it grows. Of all the planets, planet Earth is probably the third or fourth smallest planet of all the planets. And yet God chose to work with planet Earth. It started the whole human race. What is it? Six, seven billion of us now on the planet. But it started with two people, Adam and Eve. And from them, and they are historical figures. You know, when Jesus spoke about Adam and Eve, he didn't speak. He wasn't embarrassed like that's a myth or it's a, it's a legend or it's a, it's a story that contains truth. He spoke about historical people. He even spoke about Noah as being an historical person. So... He had no problem with it. Why? Because he knew he was there. 
So I'm just, just saying, it starts small, but then it grows. And that's why we shouldn't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, God chose Abraham to build a family. Here's a man that couldn't have babies. Well, actually he could, his wife couldn't though, Sarah. And God called them, called him the father of many nations. And at, at the age of 100, he, he became the father of Isaac through Sarah, his wife. And then they went on, created a family. From that family, uh, he created a tribe. That tribe eventually became a nation. And it was put together over 400 years in, in Egypt. And then God led his people out of Egypt, a, a people of two million. And even so, they were still one of the smallest nations. Uh, in fact, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 7, God had to say to Israel, you know, when I chose you, you weren't the greatest of nations. He said, in fact, you were the smallest. He said, I didn't choose you because of your size. I didn't choose you because you were great, because you are a rebellious people. He said, I chose you because I loved you. And he says, and out of you, you're not going to reach the world. But in, you read Deuteronomy 7, it's amazing. God says you were the smallest of the nations, but I chose you. And God loves small because it's out of small that he demonstrates his greatness. And God is not on an ego trip, but if people get to find God, they find life. Not just when you die and go to heaven, but life now. Many people exist on planet Earth, and maybe you're existing. Maybe you're existing in your marriage. Maybe you're existing as a dad or a mum, bringing kids up thinking, I hate my life. And I want to say, God wants to put his super on your natural. He wants to come and infuse your life with his life, with the Zoe life, the, 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 the eternal life that, that, that grabs hold of your human life, wobbles it about a bit and just goes like, you know, you, you know you're energised, your perspective changes. You have a new morality, you have a new can-do, you have a new want-to. It's so good. I've led thousands of people to Christ in my life. And it's the greatest thrill of my life is to help people find faith in Jesus. What about you today? Are you willing to believe today? You know, God calls you and you say, well, I've never heard him, but he calls you through me. I'm the only true believer. <laughs> He calls you through me. He calls you through ordinary men and women, not just preachers, but people that work with you. I mean, who do you know that's a Christian? And people all mock them and people say oh, they're a bit soft in the head or whatever. Do you know what? They've got eternal life. They might not have their, all, their, their life together, their act together. That doesn't really matter. What matters is they know God and they are a work in progress, as you will be when you give your life to Christ. What about today? You know what the Bible says? He says, now is the accepted hour. Today is the day of salvation. Today salvation is knocking on your door. And you say, I don't know much. It doesn't matter. It starts small. You only know, need to know a little bit. And then it grows. Yeah. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Small, yet valued. Planet Earth is small, but it's valued. Israel. Smallest of the nations, valued by God. Jesus said some interesting things. When he came as a, as a man, he said, um, he who is faithful in small things will be faithful 
in big things. He said, unless you come, unless you become like a small child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. In fact, I'm going to read that to you. That's in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18. Let's just have a, uh, a little look at that. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? See, they wanted to know who's, like, who's got the biggest life. And, and then it says in verse 2, he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. And you know, this, it's just how Jesus, his, his kingdom turns the world upside down because the way he thinks is totally different from the world. You know, in Matthew 19, the disciples with Jesus, were with Jesus, he'd been teaching. Little children came, you know, the parents were bringing them saying, just bless our children, you know, he put his hand on them and prayed for them. Uh, and, and they came, they brought the kids to, to Jesus. And the disciples were like, get out of here. You know, he's going to have some food now. He's been preaching all, get out of here. And Jesus rebuked them and he said, no, 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 suffer the little children to come to me. Or in English, no, 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 let the, bring them, let the children come to me for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's coming to God like a little child, not childish, but childlike. Children trust. Children are transparent. They don't hide them. They say all the wrong things. They, they, you know, they haven't yet put a force field of falseness up yet. They, they just think it and say it. And Jesus loves that. And then they want to play and they want to run and they want to climb. And life's magic for children. And Jesus says, you need to become like that. Maybe you're a theologian that's listening to me today. And I want to say, stop it. You need to become like a little child. You've lost your fun. Come on, where's the fun? Put the fun back in fundamentalism. <laughs> where's your fun? You need to become like children, innocent, like children, just trusting God, trusting him with the future. Like, I can't figure it out. You've told me to do something. Your word tells me something, but I'm scared if I do it, this could happen or that could happen. But because your word tells me I'm going to do it, and leave the results, good or bad, to you. Because it matters that I'm obedient to you, regardless of what happens. And so, I just think of Mary and Joseph. What an amazing couple. You wouldn't call them a cool couple. But what an amazing couple. She was a young girl, and the angel of the Lord appeared to her. And she was terrified. And he said, fear not, Mary. Don't be frightened, I bring good news. And he said, you know, you're going to be with child. And she goes, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She's trying to figure it out. But you know what? At the end of the conversation, she turns around and she says, let it be to me, as you have said. In other words, hopefully get it all. But if that's what God's saying, I'm willing. And she was engaged to Joseph, a slightly older fella. And Joseph, a tradition tells us that, but, you, you know, Joseph hears that Mary's expecting. 
And so he plans, because he's a righteous man, the Bible says, he plans to divorce her, give her a certificate of divorce. It's in Matthew's gospel. And to, to, to do everything quietly and with dignity. You can imagine this, he's still a young fella. He's not an old man, but he's a young fella. And he's like, he must have been going off his mind saying, I loved you, I trusted you, I'm betrothed to you. Notice he had to give her a certificate of divorce. They weren't married. Because in that time, it may even be still the same today in the Jewish religion, but that if you were engaged, you were betrothed to be married. That was like it. Not like, like you know, our crew, the Gentile nations. It's like, well, if if you don't want to, if we change our minds, it's like, I want my microwave back. Well, I want my music centre back. And we split the presence, the engagement presence down and I'll never speak to you again and yada yada. No style in that. But this young couple, he wanted to do things right. And you know something, they're in the backwaters. Nobody really knew them. The backwaters of history. He could have, could have just, he could have just dealt things badly and, and played it badly, but he didn't. He played it well. He took time to think about the issues. And for everybody else, it didn't really matter, but for him it mattered. And he was going to divorce her and then an angel appeared to him in a dream and said, don't be frightened to take Mary as your wife, Joseph. She's going to have a boy. There were no scans in them days. She's going to have a boy. And uh, you're going to call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph did that. And you know what it says in Matthew's Gospel? It's, it's, I think it's chapter two, Matthew's Gospel, either one or two. He says, Joseph did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. In other words, he didn't sleep with her, he didn't, he didn't have sex with her, he didn't consummate <coughs> the marriage until after Jesus uh, was born. And so that things were done right. And you know, they went on, this young couple went on to have at least six more children. And that Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters. He was the eldest of at least six, seven kids. It's just an amazing story. But what I want to say is Mary and Joseph were small enough to be flexible. They weren't big and high and mighty. You know, Mary turning around to the angel saying, jog on, I've got a life to live. If, if this happens now, how am I going to explain this to everybody? They're going to think I've slept with Joe and I haven't slept with Joe. They're going to think this, that and the other. And Joseph could have just said, this is doing my head in. I can do without this. But they didn't. They were small enough. They were small enough to receive God's word and to trust God with the outcome. And I'm sure that, that um, what the angel said to them both strengthened them and strengthened their conviction. But I'm sure as well, over the months, Joseph related back to what the prophet said in Isaiah, that the virgin will be with child and she'll give birth to a son and they'll call him uh, Emmanuel and, uh, and he'll be called great and of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. He'll be called the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the mighty God, the great counsellor. It's like Joseph must have been thinking, is this it? We're all waiting for a Messiah. Could this be it? And it started. God's plan of salvation has uh, come into fruition 
with a baby in a manger, a baby wrapped in, in cloth so it couldn't move. And this baby is the saviour of the world. Simeon comes at um, the circumcision of Jesus when they went to present Jesus in the temple, Mary and Joseph presented him. And he comes, Simeon, an old man, and he'd been worshipping God all his life along with Anna. She'd spent most of her life in the temple worshipping God after she'd lost her husband. She didn't get bitter. She got better. She, she turned to God and she stuck with God. And you know something? Both them two people, old people, came and saw Jesus. And Simeon said, you know, I can die in peace. He says, my eyes have seen the salvation of my God. All he saw was a baby in a manger. He didn't despise the day of small beginnings. This is awesome. I don't know what your life is like today because of the of COVID. I don't know how much COVID has diminished your business or your career or, or whatever. But I do know this, as you begin to rebuild, don't despise the day small beginnings, making small steps to rebuild your life as we come out of COVID. I want to encourage you. I want to be your prophet speaking God's word in and encouraging you because we need, encourage means to put courage in. It, you know, I'm not just like a cheerleader going, come on, come on, come on, you can do it. Yeah, 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 go, go, go. No, no, putting courage in you. Not from a just a good-hearted man, and I hope I am a good-hearted man, but I'm I'm putting courage in you from God's word that's like a rock or a great foundation that you can build your life on. What are you building your life on today? Are you building it on, on the rock or are you building it on sinking sand, shaking sand, shifting sand? Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow seed in the field and then reap the harvest and then put it into barns. And he says, they don't do any of that. He says, no, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they Or are you not more valuable than they are? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or manufacture clothes. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown into the fire and burned, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Because the unbelievers think like that. And he said, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Verse 33, Matthew 6, it says, but seek first his kingdom and live by his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble. Of its own. Jesus given us wisdom how to live life on planet earth, live it a day at a time and in other areas he teaches to have a longer view and, and Jesus holds the tension of now and not yet and it's fantastic. So 
we often layer, put layers on to make ourselves look bigger and feel bigger. And, and, and we want to appear less vulnerable. We want to feel less vulnerable. You know, safety in numbers. You know, you might say, well, none of my family believe in Jesus. It's safety in numbers. Me and my mates don't believe in Jesus. Safety in numbers. But what are you like on your own? And it starts with you. I remember being a Christian. I was the only one out of all my friends. And God, I came to God and I was part of a, a group of people. But, you know, God called me out to the group. And it's my personal faith in Jesus. He called me as I was. He calls you today as you are. We have got things in our lives which in and of themselves are not sinister or bad. But if we use them to make ourselves feel more important or feel more valuable, then it becomes a barrier between us and God. And, and we begin to swap our allegiance. It's like, I'm going to lead my life. I don't want to trust you with my life. I'm going to lead it. I'm in control. Well, take a look at your life. How's that working out for you at this point? I'm not trying to be smart. I'm just trying to say at 19, my life wasn't working out. And I know that you only have to live a short while on planet Earth before you get into some sort of trouble. It might not be trouble with the law or the courts, just trouble within your own heart and within your own mind, your own mind. So I want to move on next week. And I want to look at, even though, you know, things in our lives are small, we've got to learn to value them. And life as a way of stripping away things, the things that we all dear and we can lose it all. But I want to say one thing you don't have to lose is your salvation, is your peace with God. And uh, maybe today you want to give your life to Jesus. We give everybody an opportunity every week to say yes to Jesus. So if you want to give your life to Christ today, it's very, very simple. All the hard work was done at the cross. All we have to do is believe and trust. So if you want to pray, you just bow your head where you are. And you can repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I open the door of my heart to you and I ask that you will send your Holy Spirit into me to forgive me my sins and bring the assurance that I'm forgiven. I trust that you died and rose again three days later. And because you're alive, I'm going to follow you from now on. Give me the strength to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've said that prayer, do let us know, then we can send you some literature. And maybe you're living in different parts of the world and you're watching and you're connecting with us regularly. We, you know, here's our... Our mission statement behind making disciples, planting churches and reaching cities. I want to reach at least 100 major cities and plant 10 churches in major cities throughout the world. And maybe you're not part of a city, but you're saying, I want to be part of a movement. I want to be part of a move of God. I, I want to church plant and I want to say, well, sign up, you know, get in touch with us and come and help us. Uh, we're not for everybody, but we are for somebody. And if God's calling you today, get in touch with us. All the details will come up on the screen. Have a great week. Keep safe. And we'll see you again next week. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website, 